0: Good day, everyone. Welcome to Learning Bible Truth. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D., here to take you on a tour of the Bible by reading entire books, not just one scripture of the Bible, and I will be sharing commentary with you while we read line upon line and precept upon precept of every scripture. Since you won't take the time to study and show yourself approved before God, I am bringing the scriptures to you. So get your Bibles, take out pen and paper, invite family and friends, take notes, and let's learn Bible truth. Happy Sunday, Saints. I hope today finds you well. We are embarking on episode number three of a series I cannot number because... First Samuel has 31 chapters, and we will complete the series when we complete that 31st chapter. And I don't know when that will be. Now, with that said, we ended yesterday with chapter 10, where Samuel introduced Saul as king, and they had a few uh, scoundrels, as the Bible put it. Uh, that did not want to accept Saul. So we are going to begin episode three in chapter 11. And I have moved away from the NIV for this episode. I found during chapter 11, 12, 13, and 14, which we will cover today, that some verses are missing. Okay, so I chose to um, continue with the ESV, the English Standard Version. Just for episode three, I may move back to the NIV or uh, switch to another version of the Bible. So, since we uh, all are tired today, because I know I'm not the only one, and also I want to mention when I was talking about Israel being a theocracy in the past, some of you may have caught it, I made a mistake and said theocracy. Now, (laughs) y'all, I was tired. I didn't know I said that until I played the uh, tape back. But it is theocracy. Of course, you guys know what that means. We talked about it. So I am entering chapter 11 and commencing at verse 1. Then Nahash the Ammonite went up and besieged Jabesh Gilead. And all the men of Jabesh said to Nahash, make a treaty with us, and we will serve you. Verse 2, but Nahash the Ammonite said to them, on this condition, I will make a treaty with you. Now, Nahash was very evil. He says that I gouge out all your, your right eyes, and thus bring disgrace on all Israel. Now, he had gouged out some of the Israelites eyes already and it's not mentioned here but but yes that's what he had done and uh, that was verse 2 here's verse 3 the elders of Jabesh said to him give us seven days respite that we may send messengers through all the territory of Israel then if there is no one to save us we will give ourselves up to you verse 4 When the messengers came to Gibeah of Saul, they reported the matter in the ears of the people. And all the people wept aloud. Verse 5. Now behold, Saul was coming from the field behind the oxen. He had not set up his government yet. Saul was still working in the field. And Saul said, what is wrong with the people? That they are weeping. So they told him the news of the men of Jabesh verse six and the spirit of god rushed upon saul when he heard these words and his anger was greatly kindled verse seven he took a yoke of oxen and cut them in pieces and sent them throughout all the territory of israel by the hand of the messenger saying whoever does not come out after saul and samuel so shall it be done to his oxen then the dread of the lord fell upon the people and they came out as one man, they, they united. Saul was angry because they were going behind his back trying to seek someone else to be their leader. Verse 8, when he, mis- when he mustered them at Bezek, the people of Israel were 300,000 and the men of Judah 30,000. Verse 9, and they said to the messengers who had come, Thus shall you say to the men of Jabesh Gilead, tomorrow by the time the sun is hot, you shall have salvation. Meaning, Saul was going to go and deliver them. When the messengers came and told the men of Jabesh, they were glad. Verse 10 Therefore, the men of Jabesh said, Tomorrow we will give ourselves up to you, and you may do to us whatever seems good to you verse 11 and the next day Saul put the people in three companies and they came into the midst of the camp in the morning in the morning watch and struck down the Ammonites until the heat of the day and those who survived were scattered so that two of them were left together Um, what what this meant so that two of them were left together meaning that they they, they didn't even have two to even unite Um, after Saul had slaughtered them okay verse 12 then the people said to Samuel who is it that said shall Saul reign over us that's a question bring the men that we may put them to death verse 13 but Saul said not a man shall put shall be put to death this day for today the Lord has worked salvation in Israel verse 14 Then Samuel said to the people, come, let us go to Gilgal and there renew the kingdom, meaning they were getting ready to set up the kingship with Saul and all the people would be united and accept Saul. Verse 15. So all the people went to Gilgal and there they made Saul king before the Lord in Gilgal. This meant not only Samuel chose Saul, but God himself chose Saul as well Um, verse 15 again so all the people went to Gilgal and there they made Saul king before the Lord in Gilgal there they sacrificed peace offerings before the Lord and there Saul and all the men of Israel rejoiced greatly now as we enter chapter 12 uh, you should know chapter 12 is the beginning of the end of the judges of Israel And the implementation of the first of many kings Saul is the first king and it is the end of the judges and Samuel because they they implemented a king you have to remember the children of Israel requested a king this means that Samuel will no longer be their judge as well they don't realize what they did and Samuel is getting ready to give his farewell speech now he's not leaving right away but he's waiting until Saul's kingdom is established. He is the new king of Israel, okay? They will no longer have priests and Samuel will no longer be their prophet. He's still going to be there though. It's getting ready to get interesting. You have to be careful what you wish for. In this case, you have to be careful what you asked for. Okay, because Saul is going to be hell. Verse one of chapter 12. And Samuel said to all Israel, behold, I have obeyed your voice in all that you have said to me. And I have made a king over you. Verse two. And now, behold, the king walks before you and I am old and gray. And behold, my sons are with you. Now, if you can remember his two sons, he had appointed as judges of Israel. He's saying that, and behold, my sons are with you. So it may not be documented here, but you have to remember his sons were not honest and they were not walking in integrity. They were easy to be bought. All you had to do was give them money, offer them a bribe, and, and, and they would let criminals go. But uh, Samuel was a holy man. He was a man of integrity he was a man who who was after God's own heart just like King David he was a man who walked uh, by the obedience of the Lord and he told them the truth the truth on top of the truth now let's continue the latter part of verse 2 I have walked before you from my youth until this day you have to remember his mother Hannah dedicated samuel to the lord when he was three years old and he'd been with the lord ever since and now he's in his 80s either uh, 70s or 80s um verse 3 here i am testify against me before the lord and before his anointed his anointed is saul whose ox have i taken or whose donkey have have i taken or whom have i defrauded whom have i oppressed or from whose hand have i taken a bribe to blind my eyes with it testify against me and i will restore it to you verse 4 they said you have not defrauded us or oppressed us or taken anything from any man's hand verse 5 and he said to them the lord is witness against you and his anointed is witness this day that you have not found anything in my hand and they said he is a witness verse six and Samuel said to the people the Lord is witness who appointed Moses and Aaron and brought your father's up out of the land of Egypt Uh, Aaron was the first high priest and the beginning of the Levitical priesthood and Moses was the prophet OK, who spoke to the children of Israel on behalf of God and he led them out of Egyptian bondage. If you notice first, Sam, you always mentioned this, how God continued to deliver the children of Israel. Now he's given them a king to deliver them out of the hands of the Philistines because they kept fighting with the Philistines and it's not going to end here. Verse seven. Now, therefore, stand still that I may plead with you before the Lord concerning all the righteous deeds of the Lord that he performed for you and for your fathers. Talking about their forefathers. Verse eight. When Jacob went into Egypt and the Egyptians oppressed them, then your fathers cried out to the Lord and the Lord sent Moses and Aaron, who brought your fathers out of Egypt and made them dwell in this place verse 9 but they forgot the Lord their God and he sold them into the into the hand of Sisera commander of the army of Hazar from the Canaanite army okay and into the hand of the Philistines or Philistines I told you both are correct and into the hand of, of the king of Moab and they fought against them verse 10 And they cried out to the Lord and said, we have sinned because we have forsaken the Lord and have served the Baals and the astronauts, which were pagan gods. But now deliver us out of the hand of our enemies that we may serve you. That's all the children of Israel wanted God for is to keep on delivering them with their bad and evil behavior. Uh, Verse 11. And the Lord sent Jeroboam and Barak, and jephthah and samuel and delivered you out of the hand of your enemies on every side and you lived in safety verse 12 and when you saw that nahash the king of the ammonites came against you you said to me no but a king shall reign over us when the lord your god was your king Yeah, Samuel is bringing back to their remembrance how they treated and reacted when someone was after them, how they treated God. Yeah, how they abandoned God and they asked for a a human king. How are you going to abandon the true and living God, the God who created the heavens and the earth and the God who, in the end, is the deliverer and they wanted a king that they could see? That's what they wanted, and they are going to pay dearly for that. They are. It appears that this is good, a good story right here, but um, it really isn't. Let me read verse 12 again. And when you saw that Nahash, the king of the Ammonites, came against you, this is where all this started. You said to me, no, but a king shall reign over us when the Lord your God was your king. Verse 13. And now behold, the king whom you have chosen for whom you have asked. Behold, the Lord has set a king over you. Verse 14, if you will fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord. And if both you and the king who reigns over you will follow the Lord, your God, it will be well now i want y'all to pay close attention to 14 and i need to read it again samuel is telling them how to stay out of trouble and how their king can stay out of trouble he is also without saying the words it is vividly clear that the king is not god okay listen to verse 14 again if you will fear the lord not the king the lord and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord and if both you and the king who reigns over you will follow the Lord your God it will be well verse 15 but if you will not obey the voice of the Lord but rebel against the commandment of the Lord then the hand of the Lord will be against you and your king Did you hear that? We are not to worship man, not kings or presidents. Now let me read 15 again because it bears reading again. But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you and your king. Kings are not God, saints. Okay, presidents are not God. Presidents are just a a human being and if you... Put power into the hands of the wrong person just like what America is experiencing right now you will see what will happen the entire country will be ripped to shreds verse 16 now therefore stand still and see this great thing that the Lord will do before your eyes verse 17 is it not wheat harvest today I will call upon the Lord that he may send thunder and rain and you shall know and see that your wickedness is great They had not yet repented for asking the Lord for a king. Okay. The latter part of uh, 17. And you shall know and see that your wickedness is great, which you have done in the sight of the Lord in asking for yourselves a king. That is what this whole thing is about. They asked for a king, meaning they turned their backs on the true and living God. And God said, give it to them." give them their king. And guess what? They are getting him right now. Verse 18. So Samuel called upon the Lord and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day. And all the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. Verse 19. And all the people said to Samuel, pray for your servants to the Lord, your God, that we may not die. For we have added to all our sins, this evil to acts for ourselves a king. There you have it. They repented of that. Do you have any unrepented sin? Confess it and God will forgive you. We are living under grace now. They were living under the law back then, and let me tell you, God dealt harshly with them. But if you remove yourself from from God's grace today by walking in disobedience and following the devil, let me tell y'all kinds of things. You open up the door for all kinds of things to happen to you. So you better repent of that sin and go back to the true and living God. That's all I'm saying. It happened to me. My life didn't get better until I repented of my sins, meaning let it go, turn away from them and started serving the true and living God. Verse 20, and Samuel said to the people, do not be afraid. You have done all this evil yet. Do not turn aside from following the Lord but serve the Lord with all your heart Samuel is telling them how to stay out of that evil he's telling them look you, we know you sinned you sinned greatly but don't turn away from God because that's what they were doing not only were they sinning they were turning away from the true and living God and started worshiping uh, pagan gods and pagan deities following what other nations were doing because if you can recall in chapter 8 that's what they said we want a king over us like other nations that's what they said, and I'm gonna say it again. They got their king. Okay, they got their king. Verse 21. And do not turn aside after empty things that cannot profit or deliver, for they are empty. He's talking about the pagan gods. How can a statue you worship in a statue like the Philistines had Dagon in their temple, worshiping a, a, a handmade statue? Dagan, who represented a, a fertility God, who couldn't help them <laughs> when they were crying out for help. They ended up calling uh, on the God of the Israelites because their God couldn't help them. And guess what? They still worshiping that statue. Yeah, they're still worshiping that statue. Now, uh, verse 22, for the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you a people for himself. Verse 23 Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I shall sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. Because that was one of the jobs of the prophet was to pray and intercede for the people. Okay. And I will instruct you in the good and the right way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what leaders are supposed to do. Verse 24, only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. For consider what great things he has done for you. He's telling them to consider what God, look, think about this. Think about what all he has done for you. Every time their backs were against the wall and they cried out to the Lord, he never forsook them. He always delivered them. Verse 25, but if you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king. Now we need to close up shop right there. We can close up shop right there, but we're not. Because Samuel warned them. Verse 25 again. But if you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king. Chapter 13. Saul lived for one year and then became king. And when he had reigned for two years over Israel... Uh, verse 2 Saul chose 3,000 men of Israel he's setting up his government 2,000 were with Saul in Mishmash and the hill country of Bethel and a thousand were with Jonathan Jonathan is Saul's son in Gibeah of Benjamin the rest of the people he sent home every man to his tent verse 3 Jonathan defeated the garrison of the philistines that was at geba and the philistines heard of it and saul blew the trumpet throughout all the land saying let the hebrews hear verse 4 and all israel heard it said that saul had defeated the garrison of the philistines and also that israel had become a stench to the philistines and the people were called out to join saul at gilgal Now, Saul, though chosen directly by God and initially zealous for the Lord, is easily moved by circumstances. He is successful against the Philistines and the Amalekites, but he also does things in his own way or even worse, in the people's way against the word of the Lord. Now, as a result, Samuel tells Saul that his kingdom and even his own kingship will be taken away from him now this difficult relationship between saul and samuel continues even after samuel's death yes the two incidents of saul's disobedience frame the great victory against the philistines at mishmash in chapter 14 even in the midst of victory however saul also manages to destroy his own house by cursing his son through whom the battle was won okay And in chapters 13 through 15, they are a buildup toward David uh, being chosen as king. Now, let's pick up at verse 5. And the Philistines mustered to fight with Israel. 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen and troops, like the sand on the seashore in multitude. They came up and encamped in Mishmash to the east of Beth Haven verse 6 when the men of Israel saw that they were in trouble for the people were hard-pressed the people hid themselves in caves and in holes and in rocks and in tombs and in cisterns cisterns or tanks that uh, were large enough to hold water Uh, verse 7 and some Hebrews crossed the fords of the Jordan to the land of gad and gilead saul was still at gilgal and all the people followed him trembling verse 8 he waited seven days the time appointed by samuel but samuel did not come to gilgal and the people were scattering from him verse 9 so saul said bring the burnt offering here to me and the peace offerings this is the first mistake saul is making as king and he offered the burnt offering. Verse 10. As soon as he had finished offering the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came and Samuel went out to meet him and greet him. Verse 11. Samuel said, What have you done? And Saul said, When I saw that the people were scattering from me and that you did not come within the days appointed and that the Philistines had mustered at Mishmash. Verse 12, I said, now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal, and I have not sought the favor of the Lord. So I forced myself and offered the the burnt offering. Verse 13, see, Saul is beginning to make this thing about himself, and it ain't about him. Uh, Verse 13, and Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly. You have not kept the command of the Lord your God, with which he commanded you. For then the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. Verse 14. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be prince over his people. Because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Verse 15. And Samuel arose and went up from Gilgal. The rest of the people went up after Saul to meet the army. They went up from Gilgal to Gibeah of Benjamin and Saul numbered the people who were present with him about 600 men. Verse 16, and Saul and Jonathan, his son, and the people who were present with them stayed in Gabba of Benjamin. But the Philistines encamped in Mishmash. Verse 17, and raiders came out of the camp of the Philistines in three companies. One company turned toward Ophrah, to the land of Sheol, verse 18. Another company turned toward Beth-horam, and another company turned toward the border that looks down on the valley of Zeboim, toward the wilderness, verse 19. Now there was no blacksmith to, to be found throughout all the land of Israel, for the Philistines said, Least the Hebrews make themselves swords or spears. Verse 20, but every one of the Isra- Israelites went down to the Philistines to sharpen their plowshare, which is the uh, sharpened edge of a plow, uh, his mattock, which is a digging tool, his axe, or his sickle. Verse 21 And the charge was two thirds of a shekel. Verse, uh, no, we're still in verse 21. For the plowshares and for the mattocks, and a third of a shekel for sharpening the axes and for setting the goads. Verse 22. So on the day of the battle, there was neither sword nor spear found in the hand of any of the people with Saul and Jonathan, but Saul and Jonathan his son had them. Verse 23. And the garrison of the Philistines went out to the pass of Mishmash now we are entering into chapter 14 which will be the last chapter chapter 14 has over 50 verses so this is why it's going to be the last chapter in episode 3. i am commencing at verse 1. one day jonathan the son of saul said to the young man who carried his armor come let us go over to the philistine garrison on the other side but he did not tell his father he didn't tell his father saul verse 2 Saul was staying in the outskirts of Gibeah in the pomegranate cave at Migron. The people who were with him were about 600 men, verse 3, including Ahijah, the son of Ahitub, Ichabob's brother, son of Phinehas, son of Eli. Y'all remember Phinehas, who was a priest along with his brother, and his, his father Eli was the high priest, and they died, all three of them died on the same day. The priest of the Lord in Shiloh, that's who Eli was, wearing an ephod. And the people did not know that Jonathan had gone. Verse 4, within the passes by which Jonathan sought to go over to the Philistine garrison, there was a rocky crag on the one side and a rocky crag on the other side. The name of the one was Bozez and the name of the other was Sinai. Verse 5, the one crag rose on the north in front of Mishmash, and the other on the south in front of Geba. Verse 6, Jonathan said to the young man who carried his armor, come let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. Uncircumcised meaning they were not Jews. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. Because it was only him and his uh, armor bearer, verse seven, and his armor barrier said to him, do all that is in your heart. Do as you wish. Behold, I am with you, heart and soul. Verse eight. Then Jonathan said, behold, we will cross over to the men and we will show ourselves to them verse 9 if they say to us wait until we come to you then we will stand still in our place and we will not go up to them verse 10 but if they say come up to us then we will go up for the Lord has given them into our hand and this shall be the sign to us verse 11 so both of them showed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines and the Philistines said look Hebrews are coming out of the holes where they have hidden themselves verse 12 and the men of the garrison held jonathan and his armor bearer and said come up to us and we will show you a thing and jonathan said to his armor bearer come up after me for the lord has given them into the hand of israel verse 13 then jonathan climbed up on his hands and feet and his armor bearer after him and they fell before jonathan the men of um, the Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer killed them after him. Verse 14. And that first strike, which Jonathan and his armor bearer made, killed about 20 men within as it were half a furrow's length and in an acre of land. Verse 15. And there was a panic in the camp. In the field and among all the people, the garrison and even the raiders trembled. The earth quaked and it became a very great panic. Verse 16, and the watchmen of Saul in Gibeah of Benjamin looked and behold, the multitude was dispersing here and there. Verse 17, then Saul said to the people who were with him, count and see who has gone from us. And when they had counted, behold, Jonathan and his armor barrier were not there. Verse 18. So Saul said to Ahijah, bring the ark of God here. For the ark of God went at that time with the people of Israel. Verse 19. Now, while Saul was talking to the priest, the tumult in the camp of the Philistines increased more and more. So Saul said to the priest, withdraw your hand verse 20 then Saul and all the people who were with him rallied and went into the battle and behold every Philistine sword was against his fellow and there was very great confusion so what happened was when Saul and his army went into the Philistines camp the Philistines were killing each other yeah they had turned on one another verse 21 Now the Hebrews who had been with the Philistines before that time and who had gone up within them, uh, with them into the camp, even they also turned to be with the Israelites who were with Saul and Jonathan. They had left the Philistines camp, but you got to remember Hebrews are uh, Jews. So they returned to their camp, okay? Um, And for those of you who don't know by now, they were kin people. They just worship different gods. The Israelites worship the true the true and living God, and the Philistines will worship an, uh, an idol God. That is what this whole battle is about. Okay, that's what the entire battle is about. Verse 22, likewise, when all the men of Israel who had hidden themselves in the hill country of Ephraim heard that the Philistines were fleeing, they too followed hard after them in the battle verse 23 so the Lord saved Israel that day and the battle passed beyond Beth Haven verse 26 I'm sorry verse 24 and the men of Israel had been hard-pressed that day so Saul had laid an oath on the people saying "Cursed be the man who eats food until it is evening and I am avenged on my my enemies this is the beginning of Saul and his ego here Now, I want you to to remember, Saul said, let me read 24 again. And the men of Israel had been hard pressed that day. So Saul had laid an oath on the people, not God. Saul had laid an oath on the people saying, "Cursed be the man who eats food until it is evening. And I am avenged on my enemies. So none of the people had tasted food. And this was after a battle. They were tired. They were hungry. They were thirsty. Verse 25, now when all the people came to the forest, behold, there was honey on the ground. Verse 26, and when the people entered the forest, behold, the honey was dropping, but no one put his hand to his mouth, for the people feared the oath. Yes, verse 27, but Jonathan, Saul's son, had not heard his father charge the people with the oath. So he put out the tip of the staff that was in his hand and dipped it in the honeycomb and put his hand to his mouth and his eyes became bright because he had eaten some food. How many of y'all know energy comes from eating food? Okay, verse 28, then one of the people said, your father strictly charged the people with an oath saying, curse be the man who eats food this day. And the people were faint. Yes, they were weary and faint and tired because they hadn't eaten verse 20 29 now listen to how rational Jonathan is then Jonathan said my father has troubled the land see how my eyes have become bright because I tasted a little of this honey verse 30 how much better if the people had eaten freely today of the spoil of their enemies that they found for now the defeat among the Philistines has not been great it would have been great if the people had if the um military because that's what they are if the army had eaten so that they could get some strength and jonathan knew this but he didn't know of the oath but check this out you you guys are getting ready to see why you have to be careful who you put in charge over people okay verse 31 they struck down the philistines that day from mishmash to ahajalon and the people were very faint verse 32 the people pounced on the spoil and took sheep and oxen and calves and slaughtered them on the ground and the people ate them with the blood now this is uh, (sighs) the people ate them with the blood now this is an issue here because it's a violation of the law uh, in Leviticus that Moses gave to the children of Israel not to eat the blood of an animal the meat should be cooked all the blood should be drained out that's why and this is for us today just this because if you can remember when um peter and some of the other apostles went up to jerusalem to talk to uh the remaining apostles and the uh, jewish leaders about the gentiles not having to follow the laws of moses it was not given to us We are Gentiles. The laws of Moses was specifically given to the children of Israel. They came up with with four specific things that the Gentiles, us, should abstain from. And one of them was blood. They were talking about the blood of animals. Okay, so we shouldn't be eating rare meat. Now, this has nothing to do with your salvation. But you have to remember, Paul said, you know, if you do this, you shall do well. Well, fare ye well. Okay, back in the book of Acts. Um, Let me pick up at 31 again. They struck down the Philistines that day from Mishmesh to Agilin, and the people were very faint. Verse 32, the people pounced on the spoil and took sheep and oxen and calves and slaughtered them on the ground. And the people ate them with the blood, meaning they just didn't cook it verse 33 then they told saul behold the people are sinning against the lord by eating with the blood and he said you have dealt treacherously roll a great stone to me here verse 34 and saul said disperse yourselves among the people and say to them let every man bring his ox or his sheep and slaughter them here and eat and do not sin against the lord by eating with the blood so every one of the people brought his ox with him that night and they slaughtered them there verse 35 and Saul built an altar to the Lord it was the first altar that he built to the Lord verse 36 then Saul said let us go down after the Philistines by night and plunder them until the morning light let us not leave a man of them and they said do whatever seems good to you but the priest said Let us draw near to God here that what the priest was telling Saul is, look, wait, before you do that, you need to draw near to God. The priest was trying to help Saul here. Verse 37. And Saul inquired of God, shall I go down after the Philistines? Now, this is important. God never answered Saul. Will you give them into the hand of Israel? But he did not answer him that day is he God God did not answer Saul that day verse 38 and Saul said come here all you leaders of the people and know and see how this sin has arisen today verse 39 for as the Lord lives who saves Israel though it be in Jonathan my son he shall surely die you know, Saul was something else He shall surely die. Talking about his own son. But there was not a man among all the people who answered him. They heard Saul saying that his own son should die. And the people didn't even pay him. They didn't even listen to Saul when he said that. Verse 40. Then he said to all Israel, you shall be on one side. And and I and Jonathan, my son, will be on the other side. And the people said to Saul, do what seems good to you. Now, what Saul is doing here, because God didn't answer him, he figured someone had sinned in the camp. Okay. So none of the people um, had sinned. So Saul is saying, okay, now it's just me and my son Jonathan standing. Uh, Verse 31 Therefore, Saul said, O Lord God of Israel, why have you not answered your servant this day? Is this guilt? Uh, if this guilt is in me or in Jonathan, my son, O Lord, God of Israel, give Urim. But if this guilt is in your people, Israel, give thuman. Now, what is he talking about? Give Urim, give Thumen. That means cast a lot, okay? The Urim and uh, the Thurim or just Urim or mention also in Exodus 28 and 30 in Numbers 27 21 in Deuteronomy 33 verse 8 first Samuel 28 verse 6 and we will eventually get there and Ezra 263 they have made they have um they may have been two stones of two different colors a bright color and a dark color perhaps one representing a positive and the other a, a negative answer okay so um let's pick up at verse 31 again therefore Saul said O Lord God of Israel why have you not answered your servant this day if this guilt is in me or in Jonathan my son O Lord God of Israel give Urim. but if this guilt is in your people Israel give Thurman and Jonathan and Saul were taken but the people escaped then Saul said cast a lot between me and my son Jonathan and Jonathan was taken verse 43 then Saul said to Jonathan tell me what you have done and Jonathan told him I tasted a little honey with the tip of the staff that was in my hand here I am I will die verse 44 and Saul said God do so to me and more also you shall surely die Jonathan now Saul is talking to his son his blood son now Saul had bad understanding and wasn't trying to learn L- listen he wasn't trying to learn the ways of the of the Lord or be obedient to the Lord actually Saul, God anointed him to be king but Saul did not have a relationship with God no you're gonna find out verse 45 then the people said to Saul shall Jonathan die who has worked this great salvation in Israel far from it the people stood up for Jonathan as the Lord lives There shall shall not one hair of his head fall to the ground, for he has worked with God this day. So the people ransomed Jonathan so that he did not die. Verse 46, then Saul went up from pursuing the Philistines and the Philistines went to their own place. Verse 47, when Saul had taken the kingship over Israel, he fought against all his enemies on every side against Moab against the Ammonites, against Edom, against the kings of Zuba, and against the Philistines. Wherever he turned, he routed them. He had the victory because God was with them. Verse 48, and he did valiantly, and struck the Amalekites and delivered Israel out of the hands of those who plundered them. Everyone who attacked Israel were defeated. Okay, verse 49, now the sons of Saul were Jonathan, ashiv and makeshua and the names of his two daughters yes he had two daughters were these the name of the firstborn was Merab, and the name of the younger daughter was michael okay michael verse 50 and the name of saul's wife was Ahinoam, the daughter of Ahimeas. And the name of the commander of his army was Abner, the son of Ner, Saul's uncle. Verse 51, Kish was the father of Saul, and Ner, the father of Abner, was the son of Abiel. Verse 52, there was hard fighting against the Philistines all the days of Saul. And when Saul saw any strong man or any valiant man, he attached him To himself meaning he recruited him to his army yes and that my friends is the end of chapter 14 told you it was very long even though we have 15 minutes left I I think I want to stop here because we are going to go into some um, chartered waters uh, moving forward so with that said next Saturday we will embark on episode 4 Sunday, I will not be able to um, share episode five because next Sunday I will be extremely busy and I won't have time to uh, do the podcast. So remember, we are still in this pandemic. Um, If you have to go out in public, wear your face mask to protect others because we have carriers without symptoms, you could be one of them. and. If others wear their mask, they can protect you. You can stand six to eight feet apart. That's called social distancing or physical distancing. And if we do that, we can flatten the curve. Yes, we can continue to pray for peace, pray for a peaceful transition. For the uh, Biden administration, we need it. We need to pray that uh, Donald Trump finds salvation because he is evil from the inside out. There is nothing good in him. He is a liar. He is a criminal. He has no respect for the Constitution, although he took an oath and put his hand on that Bible and took an oath to uphold the Constitution. And he has broken almost every law within the Constitution. And if you choose to turn a blind eye, my prayer is for your deliverance. So we need to continue to pray for peace. I want a a peaceful transition because guess what? If Joe Biden doesn't do a good job in four years, we can vote him out. Yeah, but I can tell you Joe Biden ain't rotten from the inside out. He hasn't said one evil word since he became the president elect. So with that said, Saints, hey, look, I love you. God loves you. Pray for peace. Pray for me. I'm praying for you. Peace out. All right. I hope you were enlightened by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this episode, please send your questions to trustgod55.cd at gmail.com. Or you can send me a direct message by clicking on the message button located on my podcast, Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts and Radio Public and submit your remarks. You can also support my podcast financially by accessing all my podcasts and clicking on the support this podcast button. Whatever you choose to donate will be greatly appreciated. I am praying for God to give you a return on your seed. Praise God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, the Apostle Paul says, as it relates to sowing a seed, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Hallelujah. Now, God will give you a return on your seed as long as you sow your seed in good ground with a cheerful heart. The key is having a cheerful heart. Now, until next time, brothers and sisters, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by what we see. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D. rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. I thank you for tuning in and I hope to see you next time.